Acts Church, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you thanks for an opportunity to uh, engage you in your word. Lord, we pray that as we uh, go through uh, this uh, section of Revelation, Lord, your letters to the church, Lord, that we can uh, see what your original message was uh, to the church in Ephesus, but Lord, then to apply it to our own lives, uh, Lord, that we as the local body of Christ uh, can be more faithful, but also in a deeper relationship with you and with each other. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So we are in a bit of a transition week where we are finishing up our Life Together sermon series, and we are going into a larger church campaign called Operation Refresh. And so this sermon, this message, this section of scripture is going to help hand off those two concepts of how we have an integrated life together in our faith, but then also as we head towards a new year, as we look back over the last year and a half, uh, how do we refresh our faith? How do we draw closer to each other and closer to God? And it may seem strange to be going to the book of Revelation to do that, but Revelation, like the Gospel of John, was written to the later church. It was a church that had been in process, had been growing for decades. And they were wrestling with their faith, and they were wrestling how to live with their God. They were wrestling with how to live with each other. And so in the book of Revelation, John writes to individual churches, And he points out areas where they are strong, and he he points out areas where they are struggling. And as I was reading through the letter to the church in Ephesus, I saw so many connections to my own faith walk and what I I see happening at Acts Church Leander. So let's dive into Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 and following. It starts off, and it says, Write this to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Let's, let's get the, uh, the elephant out of the room first. It's asking to write to an angel, and this is a metaphorical language. Uh, angelology is literally the study of angels. It's part of Scripture, uh, but it's also not the core aspect of Scripture. And yet the, the reality that the local body of Christ is equipped with the heavenly host, the heavenly army, God's messengers and his agents in the spiritual realm, angels, is true. But what Paul is talking about here, or sorry, not Paul, what John is talking about here, is he's talking about the entire church in Ephesus, because in ancient times, the church didn't have a physical building that they went to every week. We didn't own property yet in the same way we do now. In fact, the churches that we would even say are the ancient church buildings wouldn't be built into the 200, 300, 400 AD, centuries after Christ had come. No, instead, churches met in homes all across the city, and when any of the apostles would write to them, they wouldn't write to one home church, they would write to the church in the city as one giant collective, which is still something how I think God looks at local churches. So often it's easy for us to see silos of churches, right? So there's Acts Church Leander, and then there could be First Baptist, or Austin Stone, or Hill Country Leander, whatever else. And there is a gap in thinking there. Because when God looks at his family, when he looks at his kids, he doesn't see us separated. In fact, one of the greatest lies I think Satan has told the American church is that we don't belong to one another. 
And so all of us can have gaps when we don't realize that God is doing something larger within a community than within our own Sunday morning worship experience or small group experience or sending activity. Those are all good things, but God is after a larger idea of what the local church, a local community could look like. So he says, write this to this church in Ephesus. He says, I know all the things that you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. See, the church in Ephesus was an economic hub for the entire Roman Empire. They were a series of church plants and homes all across the city. And in both the book of Exodus, or um, Ephesians, and in the book of Acts, it's clear that what God was doing in Ephesus, through those Christians, through those believers, they were active. They got stuff done. And again, as we apply that to Acts Church Leander, I, I, I feel that, right? Austin, we are this economic hub for what is happening in America. Acts Church Leander is a church plant of Acts Church Lakeway. Acts Church Kyle, we're a series of church plans, and our church, y'all, we like to get after it. We like to go and bless Baghdad Elementary School, or Acts of Love, or Community Gardening, or the Horse Ranch. We like to serve, we like to get our hands dirty. We get stuff done, and John writes to these churches, God sees that. God not, appro- not only approves, but appreciates the fact that you are in the trenches. But, but there was a gap, and this is the gap. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You have lost your first love. You know, as the church, as believers who have walked with God, have been walking with this local church or other local churches, there can be a gap. We, we do all the right things, right? You do your morning prayers, you read your Bible, you, you show up to church on Sunday morning, right? You, you check all the boxes, you, you know all the right answers, but eventually there's like this gap that happens. Where, where the passion that we had at first for God, the passion that we had at first for his people, it, it, it starts to drain away. And we're, and we're still doing the things that we believe in. We're still doing the things that followers of Christ are called to do. But that gap gets larger and larger and larger. And that, that gap was happening in the church in Ephesus. The next verse, look how far you've fallen. And, you know, as, as I prayed over that verse this week, as I wrestled with that, this verse this week, as I reflected on my own faith walk over decades and the faith walk of our own little church plant, it, it hit me hard. Because I think all of us, if we're going to be honest, over the last year and a half, certainly over the life of our faith journey, it can be a dark place when it feels like we're either just going through the motions of our faith or, or the passion in the heart of who we are 
as God's kids, who we are as God's family together, when that starts to drain, and, and all we're left with are the traditions and the rituals and the good things that we do, the way that we live out our faith, but when it's just that gap, it, it gets hard. It gets challenging, and it, it can get really dark. The good news, though, the gospel, John's promise to the churches is that we're not destined to be left in that space. John continues on, and he says, Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Repentance is part of our rhythm as Acts Church Lander. Part of the reason why we, again, engage the truth that there are gaps in our life, that there's sin in our life, that there's brokenness in our life, is because it gives us an opportunity to repent, to literally turn back, to turn away from one thing and turn towards something else. The invitation to the church in Ephesus and the invitation to the church, Acts Church Leander, is the same. That we have a God who specializes in relationships. And when that relationship starts to fade away, and we're just going through the motions, we're just doing all the quote-unquote things we're supposed to do, without that relationship, it's meaningless. It's empty. God doesn't want that. The whole point of doing that other stuff is because it helps feed into our relationship with him, and it helps feed into our relationship with one another. So he gives us this opportunity to turn back. But in turning back, and this is something I've had to learn the hard way, God is not asking us to recreate our first love. Sometimes when we are struggling with our faith, when we are struggling with our passion for God or for his people, we can get it in our mind, I just have to do what I used to do exactly the way I used to do it. I don't know if you've ever wrestled with that, but I certainly have. Oftentimes, my first exploration of a solution says, I just need to go back. I just need to do that thing exactly like I did it that way. But what we find in Scripture is that we do not have a God who is locked in the past. Instead, we have a God who specializes and lives in the present. You see this within the entire Jewish community when Jesus came. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, the pastors of that day, they were so convinced if they could just recreate what God had done before, what the people of God had done before, that then God would finally renew his relationship with them. But what they missed was that God was no longer in the past. Because in the past, that was his present. And today, that is his present. That's why Jesus says to them, before Abraham was, before all that faith of the Old Testament, I am. I am the God of the present. And we don't have to recreate the past to meet him here and now. You don't have to recreate the past. You don't have to do it perfectly. Because that is one of the lies that we look back. We can idolize what happened. We can fictionalize what happened. And not that God wasn't moving in your past. 
Not that God wasn't moving in my past, but to say, no, that was my peak. Faith is a discredit to what God is doing in the here and in the now, what God wants to do in your life in the here and the now, what he wants to do in the life of this church in the here or the now. I, I literally just had lunch with a, a good Christian friend, and we were talking about the last year and a half, and just asking some good questions, getting kind of deep. And one of the thoughts uh, that we shared with one another was, we're a new church. We are no longer the church we were 18 months ago. We have new rhythms of life. We have new people. We have new opportunities. We have new challenges. But God is doing something new in and through Acts Church Leander and trying to recreate the past, all those experiences, is going to be a fool's errand because we have a God of the present. And that doesn't mean that everything in our past is bad. No. The foundations, the biblical truths, the values of who we are, adventure, community, transformation, sending, those carry forward into the here and the now and are going to carry us into the future with God. And yet we have a God who is saying, guys, don't be trapped by trying to go back. In fact, so much of the Old Testament so much of the New Testament's uh, Pharisees, they were always focused on going back when God was instead calling them to go forward. Cross the river. Cross the Red Sea. Take the new land. No, we want to go, go back to Egypt. It was better then. And then they, they get to Israel. Their own sin breaks them. We just need to go back to that kingdom. And God says, no, 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 now it's the Messiah. Now it's Christ. Now he's going to do something. He's going to build a temple inside of you, he says. There is an opportunity to refresh, to look with new eyes and to engage with a new spirit. And for me, who, again, personally, I've wrestled with my faith over the last year and a half. And quite frankly, this happens to me in seasons. This is not the first time I've had to say, God, you know, I want to reinvest in this relationship with you. This is natural. This is part of relationships. Any of you who are married know this. We have to continually fall in love with our spouse. And it's going to look different today than it was when we first got married. Friendships are the same way, and our relationship with God and our relationship with each other is the same way as well. That's why Jesus tells his disciples this in John 15. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. This Operation Refresh is all about reinvesting in our relationship with God and our relationship with each other, our relationship with the world, and our relationship with ourselves. Because if any of those are out of sync, if our relationship with God is out of sync, that feeds into and bleeds into all of our other relationships. But our relationship with this church, if that is out of sync, also bleeds into our relationship with God. And it bleeds into our relationship with our neighbors, 
and it bleeds into our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with ourself. How we see ourselves, what rhythms that we've gotten ourselves into that may or may not be healthy. To spend the time to look back and to be honest about where we're at. That's what this next sermon series is going to be all about. That we as the church, that we as God's children, can, in hope, but with courage, admit what's going well, challenge ourselves with where there are those gaps where we've gotten into rhythms that aren't helping us in our relationship with God or the church or the world or ourselves. And then to be bold and to figure out together what are those rhythms that are going to help us reinvest in that first love. Reinvest in our love for each other and reinvest in our love for our world. I'm really excited about the next uh, couple months, guys. It's going to be a time of excitement. It's going to be a time where there may be a few tears, but it's going to be a time where God is going to be here where that love is going to have opportunities to be rekindled. And then together, we get to do what we do best. Get our hands dirty. Love on the world a little bit. Would you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, um, it's so easy when we have doubts or challenges or just feel empty. Lord, where we, we can do the right things, we can go through the motions, and yet when our heart's not in it, we become jaded. Our edges get sharper, and those sharp edges start hurting each other. They start hurting ourselves. Lord God, and, and so much of that comes from our, our fear of not wanting to be vulnerable. Our willingness to admit that there's some head trash, there's some life trash that, that's getting in the way of what you're trying to do in our lives. Lord, we come before you and we ask forgiveness for that. Lord, we, we ask that you help us turn from that through your spirit, through your power. But Lord, then that you open our eyes to opportunities to reinvest in our relationship with you. Lord, to reinvest in our relationship with our local church. Lord, your body of Christ, not just here at Acts Church Leander, but all the different members that you have in our spheres of influence. Lord, all the body of Christ. Lord, that we can be in sync with what you are doing. Lord, that we can have impact. Lord, that we can leave this world a little bit better. Because everywhere you went, things got better, Father. And everywhere we go, we want to have that same impact as well. We say this all in your son's precious name. God's kids said amen. Again, Acts Church, thank you for hanging out with us this morning. We're going to be back uh, in person uh, next week, September 19th. We'd love to see you there in person or online. Do good. God bless.